Welcome to Russian History Retold, episode 173, A Rotten Stinking Mess, Brezhnev, Andropov, and Chernenko. When I first started writing this episode, I was going to make it a short one on the two-year combined reigns of Yuri Andropov and Konstantin Chernenko. But while researching through my library, I came to the conclusion that I needed a little bit of Brezhnev, as they were all pretty much tightly intertwined. Leonid Brezhnev was the leader of the USSR since he deposed Nikita Khrushchev in 1964. Chernenko was his chief of staff, and Andropov was the head of the KGB since 1967. They were the men who led the Soviet Union through the era of stagnation and were in most part responsible for the collapse of the USSR and communist rule, in my opinion. Now, that may seem like a pretty heady charge, but when you look at the preponderance of evidence, it's hard to deny. Each had a part in the collapse, Chernenko, of course, with the least influence. When he became General Secretary of the Communist Party, the country was already bankrupt. He was by then in a rapidly declining state of health, very much like the country he was head of. You can see a strong corollary between Andropov's and Chernenko's health and the state of Soviet affairs. Both sickly, both fading rapidly, but both still trying to keep things together as long as possible. The cause of Chernenko's fading health could be tied to his smoking since the age of nine in 1920, about the time of the Russian Civil War. But that wasn't the only cause of his illness. As with the causes of the illnesses in the Soviet Union, there were other reasons for his decline. The cirrhosis of the liver, as well as chronic hepatitis, suggest a long-term drinking problem as well. In Chernenko's final months of life, historian John Lewis Gaddis described him as, quote, an enfeebled geriatric, so zombie-like, as to be beyond assessing intelligence reports, alarming or not. Sounds a little like the entire Soviet leadership. They were beyond seeing what the truth was. When Gorbachev, who was second in command, asked Andropov what the real budget numbers were, Yuri responded with the comment, quote, You are asking too much. The budget is off limits to you. This is akin to the CEO telling the president of a company that they didn't need to know what the state of finances for the company they worked for was. I mean, it's ludicrous, but this is what was going on. As you may have guessed, the focus of this podcast is not necessarily on the three men's personal lives, as I already did that in the past. What I want to look at and relay to you is what these three men, and in particular Andropov and Brezhnev, did to hasten the decay and collapse of the Soviet Union. What may surprise you is I'm going to lay more blame on Andropov than on Brezhnev even though Leonid was the head of the country for 18 years versus only 15 months for Yuri. The latter's actions as KGB head and the ambassador to Hungary in 1954 helped plunge the USSR into a death spiral that it would never have been able to extricate itself from. Now, you may be asking, why do I lay a lot of blame on Andropov? We have to go back in time to 1956 when he was the Soviet ambassador to Hungary under Nikita Khrushchev. A revolt broke out on October 23rd in Budapest, which quickly escalated. 
the violence against the communist rule was intense. As historian Christopher Andrew states regarding what Andropov saw, quote, he had watched in horror from the windows of his embassy as officers of the hated Hungarian security service were strung up from lampposts. Andropov remained haunted for the rest of his life by the speed with which an apparently all-powerful communist one-party state had begun to topple. When other communist regimes later seemed at risk, in Prague in 1968, in Kabul in 1979, in Warsaw in 1981, he was convinced that as in Budapest in 1956, only armed force could ensure survival. The fighting in Hungary had stopped by the end of October, and things looked like all would settle down, but Andropov convinced the Politburo, despite the evidence that things were getting worse and that military intervention was necessary. Then, on November 4, 1956, Soviet and Eastern Bloc troops entered Hungary and violently put down the revolt. For this bloody repression, Andropov was known to Hungarians as the Butcher of Budapest. Well, you may be asking, well, why did this incident help bring down the Soviet Union? The immediate effect was to bring about an alienation of Western communists toward the USSR. To have to militarily repress people made them question whether life under communism was really as good as the Soviet propaganda machine was telling everyone. The longer-term effect was the paranoia that it instilled in Andropov, as well as the rest of the communist leadership. Case in point came in 1968 when the Prague Spring Uprising began in Czechoslovakia. Andropov, fearing another Hungarian revolution, convinced the Politburo that NATO was behind the revolt, despite there being concrete evidence gathered by a Soviet spy, Oleg Kalugin, that the CIA in the West had nothing to do with it. Andropov had the evidence destroyed because it contradicted his opinion. Now, the same thing happened in Afghanistan in December of 1979 when Andropov convinced the Soviet hierarchy that invading the country was the only way to retain and contain the communists and their leadership. An invasion would cause the boycott of the 1980 Summer Olympics in Moscow, as well as bringing painful economic sanctions against the USSR. U.S. President Jimmy Carter's sanctions have not been given enough credit historically with helping to bring down the Soviet Empire. Combine this with the expense of the continuing intervention to constantly prop up Soviet-like communist regimes, it was then draining the Treasury and would hasten Soviet insolvency. Detente was beginning to take hold between the two superpowers, the USA, USSR, which allowed the Soviets to lower their expenditure on the military, something that was desperately needed financially, but by then it was really too late. When Ronald Reagan took office and tightened the screws on the USSR, it compounded the economic woes, but it didn't cause them. They were already there. But additional food shortages, lack of capital, and inability to sell oil on the open market wrecked havoc. And this was part of what happened under the Carter administration. Not only that, the war in Afghanistan was an unmitigated disaster, both financially and militarily. 
They were trying to keep a corrupt and ineffectual regime propped up, which led to a growing guerrilla insurgency, which was funded and supplied by the United States. One of the leaders of the anti-Soviet movement in Afghanistan was one Osama bin Laden. On top of the foreign mistakes that Andropov hoisted on the Soviet Union with Brezhnev's blessing was the increased repression of the Soviet people. Anyone who was viewed as a dissident in Andropov's way of thinking had a psychiatric disorder. In April of 1969, he submitted a plan to the Central Committee of the Communist Party to create a system of psychiatric hospitals to put dissidents into. His paranoia gave way to an increased level of repression of the Soviet people. I believe that this helped accelerate the revolutionary state of the USSR under the Gorbachev. The Soviet people and the people living in the Warsaw Pact had enough. By 1981, when the Solidarity Movement took hold in Poland, Andropov finally saw the wrongness of his logic of using military means to suppress revolution. He convinced Brezhnev that an invasion of Poland would be highly counterproductive. This must have been hard on Brezhnev, as it effectively marked the end of a doctrine bearing his name. The Brezhnev Doctrine was a means of justifying military intervention in communist countries. It stated, quote, When forces that are hostile to socialism try to turn the development of some socialist country towards capitalism, it becomes not only a problem of the country concerned, but a common problem and concern for all socialist countries. By the time Brezhnev died in November of 1982, Andropov had begun to see what his actions had done to the USSR. He saw the corruption and the decay of the socialist way of life, but he was in no way to, about to abandon it. Instead, Andropov began an anti-corruption campaign against many of the cronies of his predecessor. There are some who suggest that had Andropov lived a few years longer, that he may have succeeded in preserving the USSR, unlike Gorbachev, through more cautious reform. This does seem a little far-fetched, but it's not impossible. Still, he must have been burdened with the knowledge that he was in part the cause of the problems facing his country. Leonid Brezhnev cannot escape criticism for the stagnation, the economic morass and general decay of the Soviet Union, as he was the leader and all major decisions were made by him. The cronyism that pervaded his regime was very much like the system in place under Tsar Nicholas II. Interestingly enough, Brezhnev rates very highly in the minds of Russian citizens today because during his time in power, the USSR was at its zenith in both military and political might in the world, something that Putin, I believe, is trying to revive. And according to one poll, Brezhnev is the most admired Russian leader of the 20th century. For all his faults, Leonid Brezhnev did usher in a time of detente with America and attempted to bring the world back from the brink of world war. He did, in the minds of his people, bring a level of stability to the country after the erratic behavior of his predecessor, Nikita Khrushchev. On the flip side, Brezhnev was a product of Stalinist paranoia and an entrenched party machine that bred corruption and stagnation. No one could innovate as innovation was viewed as against the central planning machine and dangerous to the socialist utopia that was supposedly the Soviet Union. Now let's do a review of each of the three men. 
When it comes to Konstantin Chernenko, you have a man who was already terminally ill when he was elected to be General Secretary and head of the USSR. He was a career bureaucrat who spent his years signing documents, and when he couldn't even do that because of illness, he had a signature on a rubber stamp. Chernenko really added very little to the greater scheme of things when it came to Russian history. Possibly, I would call him one of the lowest three when it came to impact on Russian history of all time. Yuri Andropov had a large impact on Soviet and Russian history. The Butcher of Budapest made numerous momentous decisions and pushed the USSR through some very negative events. But in the end, when it was too late, he understood that his decisions caused great harm to his country and his people. Andropov tried to atone with casual and careful reforms, but he died before any of them could take hold. Brezhnev ruled his country to preeminence in the world as a true superpower. He bought with him a seemingly stable time after the sometimes erratic reforms of his predecessor, Nikita Khrushchev. Brezhnev began a process of detente with the United States, which he should be applauded for, but he also plunged his country into the disastrous Afghan war and persecuted anyone who dared question the communist way. By doing so, he hastened the dissolution of the USSR just a few years after he died. One of my favorite comments around this time period was after the death of Chernenko, which came on the heels of the deaths of Andropov and Brezhnev, when American President Ronald Reagan reportedly said, quote, How am I supposed to get any place with these Russians if they keep dying on me? Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join me next time as we spend a little more time reviewing the times of Leonid Brezhnev. So now, as always, das vidanya i spasiba bolshoya. <laughs>